All right, come on in and grab a seat. If you don't have one of these uh, lightly colored purple sheets in front of you, there are some extras in the back. All right. Let me get us started with some prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us a day every week when we can come together and uh, reorient our hearts and our minds. In the midst of everything we have going on throughout the week, we pray that you would use today as a way to uh, focus and center us on the truth of who you are and your word, your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your faithfulness. Um, we thank you for this time to be continuing our conversation about hospitality and, um, and this command that you've given to us to be hospitable as we seek to try to figure out what that means in our own individual lives and in our families and our church. Give us wisdom, uh, and particularly today as we think about the challenges that we face as a church, I pray that you would uh, give us wisdom in knowing uh, ways that we can do things differently or try new things that we might Help our church and ourselves to be uh, more hospitable to those that you bring across our path. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, very quickly, I want to recap where we've been. Uh, I know not everybody's been able to be at all the classes. Um, your handout has uh, everything I'm going to mention to you here, so I'm just going to go through this very quickly. We're running a little bit behind this morning. Um, so we started our study kind of thinking about the need to be talking about hospitality and we talked about how that's, when we think about hospitality, often we uh, maybe have different ideas. Sometimes we think about having people over for a meal or entertaining people in our homes and although that's not um, wrong per se, but it's not the totality of what we mean by hospitality. And so uh, we used uh, Rosaria Butterfield's um, paragraph from her book to kind of orient ourselves about what we mean about hospitality, that we would use our Christian home and church in a daily way to make strangers into neighbors and neighbors into the family of God, bringing glory to God, serving others, living out the gospel in word and deed with the purpose to build, focus, deepen, and strengthen the family of God, pointing people to the Bible-believing church and being earthly and spiritually good uh, to everyone we know. So we talked about that. We unpacked that definition, uh, kind of thought through uh, what that means. Uh, we looked at uh, church history and how the idea of hospitality has been practiced and observed and used in uh, the history of the church. And uh, then we spent a couple of weeks looking at uh, some biblical basis for doing hospitality. We talked about Jesus' parable, the Good Samaritan, in Luke chapter 10. We looked at several of the New Testament passages that have imperatives of the fact that we are supposed to be practicing hospitality, doing hospitality, being hospitable. Uh, we spent a couple weeks thinking more on the theological basis of hospitality, the fact that we are to see Jesus and every single stranger that we come across, um, and the fact that we've been made in the image of God, uh, all human beings are made in the image of God, and so we have an immediate connection with people and a, and a reason to move toward them rather than away from them. Um, and then last week we started looking at uh, some of the challenges that we face in trying to be hospitable and trying to put some of these biblical um, uh, passages into place in our life. And last week we spent the time thinking more generally about challenges that we have generally as a culture, as a people. Um, we came up with a number of things that 
are challenges no matter whether you go to Trinity or you go to some other church here in Rochester or a church you know, on the West Coast or a church somewhere in Europe or in, uh, you know, somewhere in uh, Southeast Asia. I mean, it, it, those are just challenges that we face regardless of, uh, of where we are because of just the nature of the difficulty of hospitality plus the fallenness of human beings. So today, what I want us to begin, we're going to actually kind of bleed over into next week a little bit as well. Today, I want to focus our attention more, I want to stay on challenges, so continued challenges that we have to doing hospitality. But today, I want us to focus not just generally, but I want us to focus in on ourselves. So our own homes and our church. So Trinity Presbyterian Church and our our homes. And think about some of the challenges that we face um, in applying what we've been talking about here in the class. So first of all, what are some of the specific challenges that we have at Trinity for being hospitable? Now I came up with some of my own, um, but then I'm going to ask to get your input as well. And um, I, you know, my hope is, is that this is an ongoing conversation that not just today, but you know, toward the future that we'll have as well as we seek to try to uh, better put into place what God calls us to do in terms of hospitality. Um, I think one of the challenges that we have as a church has just been the growth that we've had over the last 10 years. Um, about 10 years ago, uh, we were about a third of the size that we are today. Um, it depends on how you, what, what numbers you look at and you know, how you count those, but, but roughly about a third of the size that we are today. Um, that's wonderful. The fact that you know, uh, a lot of... well. This is a little 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 uh, survey here, real quick. Um, who of you are new to Trinity within the last ten years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't say who's been here since day one. <laughs> there are only a couple hands that go up at that point. <laughs> um, but you know, that's what you just saw. Is I mean, I had no idea who would be here, but I can do that pretty much anytime, anywhere, and that's pretty much the response we're going to get because we have so many new people that have come, and part of it's the nature of this town, right? Um, we have a lot of people that come and leave. They come to get training. They come for um, a fellowship. They come for internships. They come for uh, med school. They come for whatever, and then they head out, and that's always been a reality here at Trinity and, and in Rochester. Um, so the, the fact that we've had lots of new faces is wonderful, um, but co- along with that, what that has meant is we've had some transition <laughs> as a church, right? Um, ten years ago, we were meeting about a mile and a half, two miles down the road um, at the 10th Avenue building, and uh, about nine years ago, uh, we moved out of that building and started meeting at Schaefer Academy. And we did that for about three years while we were deciding what to do with this property that we owned. And then we built. And then we moved in here. Um, and that's a lot of transition, right? That's just a lot of moving, just in terms of place. And the place of the 10th Avenue building was dramatically different than Schaefer Academy. And the place of Schaefer Academy is dramatically different than phase one of this building. And now it's even a little bit more different with the addition that we've done with phase 1.5. So there's just been, the last 10 years has been a lot of transition in terms of our place. And that causes challenges for doing hospitality. Um, as a, again, we're thinking here specifically about being a church. So 
just the growth that we've had over the last 10 years is wonderful. It also give, gives us some challenges to being hospitable. Um, another aspect, I would say, is our current building. Um, again, fantastic, wonderful building. Um, gives us all kinds of new, wonderful space. And yet, it also poses challenges for us as, uh, as a congregation, too. Um, the fact that we have two services in our building is a challenge for hospitality. Um, the fact that there's just a flow of people in and out on a Sunday morning. Uh, so many people are new. So not everybody knows who are the new people and who are the longer term people. Um, and there's a constant flow. So it's kind of hard to have a focal point where new people or even regular people are being greeted um, all the time, regularly, systematically. Uh, that, that's a challenge just given the nature of the building itself, but also the fact that we're, we've got two services. Um, the, the space that we have is wonderful, but there's some challenges with that too. Like we don't have a space where the entire congregation is in here worshiping and then the entire congregation goes into the next room to have fellowship, right? What happens after the service is kind of everybody gets dispersed in lots of different places and, and ways, which again, it's wonderful. Lots of great fellowship can take place in those uh, smaller gatherings. But as a church, it's just hard for us to have the, kind of that systemic overall fellowship, community, hospitality that we could serve with one another in that way. So again, just another a wonderful thing that we have is, is in terms of the building and space, but it also gives us some challenges. Um, one other thought I had about in terms of challenges that we have as a church, as Trinity, with being hospitable, um, are the people that come to our church. So you all and others, right? Um, partly because of where we're located. Uh, partly because of just the nature of uh, our denomination, partly because of uh, the personalities of the people that are involved historically and currently. Um, we don't tend to have the kinds of people that the Bible talks about as being the least of these regularly walking in our door just frequently, right? Um, it's wonderful when uh, anybody's coming to Trinity, but that tends not to be the person that is the new person every single week. Different people like that every single week. Well, I mean, if we're talking about doing hospitality, um, and we're talking about biblical hospitality, as we've talked about it in the passages, and um, that's part of what it means, is not simply inviting one another over for a meal after, the, after Sunday services. That's, that's part of it. But it's also reaching out to those who are in need, to the strangers, to um, those on the fringe, to those who have particular needs, and, and drawing them in. And we just don't have a steady flow of, uh, of um, people who are significantly poor and dealing with some of the very difficult things of living in this city without a lot of means. Um, I've been doing some thinking about that and we'll have some kind of ideas that we'll throw around as we go forward in um, even the summer and maybe even into the fall about some ways that we can um, change that up a little bit. But um, that's just a reality of who we are. Um, it's, not, it's not in and of itself wrong or right. It's just a reality of where we are and who we are. But it's something we need to be cognizant of and um, be able to kind of be aware of. As, I mean, just literally stating it and saying this is the reality. So what do we do as a result of that? There are more, but those are a few things that I thought of uh, right off the top of my head as challenges that we have 
to practicing hospitality as we've talked about it um, from the biblical sense of it. What are some other things as it relates to our church that come to your minds as challenges that we have uh, of, of being hospitable and practicing hospitality? Amanda? A lack of racial diversity. A, a lack of racial diversity, okay. Yeah, yeah, good. And this is coming from some, you know, a family that's new and has fresh eyes coming into our, our context. That's helpful. Yeah, that's that, nope. It's a reality that we have to be kind of able to state. Yeah, good, good, very helpful, Helen. Yeah, yeah, good. Helen said. Um, one of the things that we have as a challenge is we, we are so spread out. I've yet to, I, I keep reminding myself to do this and I keep forgetting. Um, I, I, I want to do a study of the folks that are, you know, regular attenders, members of Trinity, and kind of chart out in town, out of town. Um, it's substantive. I mean, even if you just look at our, um, at the officers we have at the church, we have a, a, a notable portion of them that don't live in Rochester. Um, and that change, that's a, that's a, that's a dynamic that changes how we can and can't do certain things. And so your point is well taken. That's a challenge when the only time that sometimes the only time we see each other is on Sunday morning. And so it's easy and quick just to go to people we know and people that we can have an easy conversation with, right? Yeah, good, good. That's helpful. Kayla. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. So Kayla's putting her finger on the fact of uh, one of the things you'll hear us talk about at Trinity is we have lots of different kinds of small groups. So we have you mentioned like the Bible studies and um, there's you know men's Bible study, there are a couple women's Bible studies, and then we have small groups that are um, just actual small groups that meet. But it's you know it, it it's not a um, super kind of structured kind of a thing. A lot of times it happens more organically, um, and there's a good part of that. But there's also a challenge with that, which is what you're putting your finger on in terms of getting people connected. Um, I will mention one thing. I mean, you didn't you didn't say that so that I could say something else. But I will mention one thing that just to dovetail on that because I you know I think it's helpful for the whole church to know. One of the things, partly from this study, but other reasons as well. 
Um, Stephanie and I are actually going to be starting a new small group this fall just for new people. So anybody that comes through the doors of Trinity that wants to get plugged in for that first year that they're here, they're just going to come and be a part of our small group. And it may be five people or it could be 25 people. It just depends on who comes and who's interested. Um, but that's part, I mean, I, I'm resonating with what you're saying, and that's part of what we've kind of tried to brainstorm an idea to try to help that. But it's a good point. You know, it's just... It's a challenge with the town we're in, with the transition, with lots of different aspects. It's just, it's a, it's a definite aspect of that. Uh, other challenges that we have as a church. Jenny. One thing that's been on my mind this week, I got an email from Family Promise, and they talked to Tyler Network, that's being for COVID, and they were Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Jenny was um, making comment about um, Family Promise, which used to be referred or called Interfaith Hospitality Hospitality Network. Um, it's called Family Promise now that Trinity has partnered with for years and years and years. Um, we've partnered together with Rochester Covenant Church, I think, um, maybe a couple others over the years, um, to host families that are in need of housing during the week. And uh, for a number of years, we've had a handful of volunteers that have uh, participated in that. Um, but it's a, there's a challenge there in terms of the commitment to it. And part of the commitment is just the busyness of our schedules, right? And part of it is... Um, just it falls off our radar after a period of time. So um, we're actually talking right now about how we can get that back in front of our congregation in, in significant ways and um, as a way to kind of put some of the things we're talking about into practice. Um, but, yeah, that's another good, that's a good point in terms of a challenge we have. Other thoughts? Yeah. Right. And so that's really more recent, but yeah. and it's hard with having three Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, Sandra's putting her finger on, um, you know, if we don't have enough volunteers to staff a nursery and how that could really impact just on the grassroots level, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not even being able to come a- as a member of the church, how, that, how that's difficult with young children, but then in terms of visitors, right? Um, so it's, it, you know, sometimes you'll hear, just let me, I'll jump on the hobby horse here just for a second. Um, I mean, you'll hear uh, every once in a while, maybe throw an application out there in a sermon, you know, about signing up for some nursery slots. Um, 
or it'll be in the bulletin or a go and it's easy just to kind of let that gloss over right assuming other people will do it but here's a great example of where the rubber meets the road right that it actually does impact um, something like that does impact not only families with young children but even people coming into the church that are in need of that right so it's a good it's a challenge we have in terms of um, are we spread so thin that people can't you know plug in and that's one of the things that we talk about regularly um, it's hard to hard to cover all the bases we have um, so very good very not an easy solution but but it, definitely a challenge that we have That's a perfect segue because <laughs> the second question I have on that sheet that you have in front of you is particular challenges that we face in our homes with our with whether single or family and in our homes and that's that's it's where it kind of connects right wanting to invite people from church or other places into your home but the reality for some in this town is that that's it's problematic or it's challenging because of schedules and and just needing space you know if you have a husband or a wife that's been doing you know surgery all day and and they come home and they're just they're exhausted and they need to be able to kind of just be um, that's normal and that's appropriate uh, but it causes challenges right in terms of wanting to do more wanting to invite people in and not being able to do it either when you've tried to do it or as much as you want to do it um, I, I think that's a that's a a significant thing for us kind of all to be aware of just to kind of state it is um, that's the reality of a lot of people in our church given the fact that we have so many Mayo people that are here training but it's also I mean several of you mentioned you know young kids and that's another reality of our church right um, it's why we just did phase 1.5 we've got all these little ones running around you know 100 or so uh, little kids and that means that we've got lots of families with lots of uh, little children and that that's that's not bad. That's wonderful. It's a blessing, but it's a challenge sometimes when we're talking about trying to put some feet on what we're talking about. Now I'm not going to give you the long-term answer, you know, but here's the short answer: and is um, I, I do think God gives us seasons of time, and the stuff we're talking about should be what's forming the long-term trajectory of our lives. But it may be that for a season of time we can't put into practice exactly like we want to. Um, what I want us to do at the very end before we finish up today, and we'll get into it next week as well, as we have kind of a short class next week, is brainstorming some ideas to kind of uh, help. And um, I'd love for some of the moms even, to, with young kids being think, thinking about like, well, I, maybe I can't do it this way, but here's another way that you know it might work for me or my family that I could share that with others. So you can be thinking about those things because I'm sure you guys have got lots of good ideas with regard to that. Vicki. But what was your reaction to her 
argument for keep the door open and let's have a revolving system of meals every single day and no matter what's going on in our lives and their lives and my need for being an introvert and that kind of thing. What, how did you respond to that? That was, that was such a tough chapter to swallow. The whole, the whole book was tough, tough book to swallow. Yeah, so you may not have heard what Vicki was saying. She was just bringing up that Rosaria in her book um, on hospitality um, really just says that, you know, the way they model it is their home is just open all the time. And so it's just, you know, whether, whether husband's there or not, whether the kids are acting up or not, whether the kids are off to something else going on or whether they need to be put to bed or whatever it is, it's just we're here, the house is open, the food's on the table, the friendship is there, just come and go as you need to. Kind of almost like this spontaneous but not spontaneous kind of free-flowing environment. And, and, and Vicki was saying, what do I think about that? <laughs> um, well, I, I'll say what I've said multiple times after reading that book is that we've got to believe the gospel to read that book. Um, because, I, I mean, I do think that in a lot of ways, Rosaria is modeling a lot of what the biblical imperatives say to us about what hospitality ought to look like. Um, I don't think all of our situations are exactly like hers, and I don't think it has to look exactly like hers either. Um, and I do think that it's, I, I think it's okay to, to acknowledge that we do have different seasons in life, and we may be able to do hospitality in one way during one season of life, and it may look completely different in a different season of life. I do appreciate what she said and kind of what your point was is too is that um, we need to be careful about making excuses for ourselves based on our own life circumstances. Um, there certainly are times when we just can't do what we feel like we're supposed to do. But I think we be, need to be moving toward creativity and thinking about how you know, it might look different than maybe what my expectation is um, and not feeling the expectation necessarily of this person over here, this person over here, but wrestling with the Lord with that and trying to figure that out. Um, so, I, I mean, I think her, her book is really helpful. It's very challenging and it's very kind of laying down the gauntlet. Um, and I think generally she's right about the, the imperatives in the scriptures about what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I don't think we're required to do it exactly like she does it. Um, our, our circumstances are just so different in many ways. But I don't think we have the, we don't have the uh, ability of just saying, well, therefore, you know, I'm off the hook. You know, that's, that, we don't have that. We have, that's why we're talking about the challenges because we've got to lean into them and weigh into them and try to figure out how do we put it into practice. Good. We have some other hands. Yeah, Ben. Uh, so maybe uh, one of the other issues is just uh, lack of male leadership or lack of male involvement. I think it's interesting that the first six people that answered your question are all women. Yes. Yeah, good. There's reasons for why that is. But yeah. Nonetheless, yeah, there's some that do that. But nonetheless, you know, we're still saying it's like. Yeah, so. Yeah, so Ben's observation uh, that uh, a lack of male engagement and leadership in terms of practicing hospitality and how that's a challenge and um, demonstrated even as we saw the first hands that went Well, of course, there were more hands that went up. I just haven't called on them. So maybe, maybe that says more about me than it does about the, the congregation. <laughs> but, but no, your point, I mean, I think it's legitimate and... Um, there, like you said, there, there may be some reasons for that. Um, but I think it's something that as men who are called to lead our families and to um, be leaders in our homes, I mean, I do think it's something we need to be reflective about. Yeah, it's good. Good. Jerome? Uh, yeah. uh, I, I will 
That's good. And kind of quoting, paraphrasing, uh, our, our beloved sister who's not here today with Alison McGregor and, and the Labrie influence and the fact that we have to entrust ourselves to the Lord as we invite people into our lives, into our homes, into our church, um, and know that, it, that we're seeking to be faithful even if we're not, if there's, we're a little bit scared or not sure exactly what the outcome might be. Um, there is a faith aspect of all this, right? And actually trusting the Lord. Um, I appreciate what you said at the beginning. Um, and, you know, Rosaria does talk about this in her book too, is that it doesn't have to all look the same. And I think we've talked about this already, but I just want to underscore it again. I mean, I think one of the, um, I mean, you know, Edith Schaefer is fantastic in terms of helping us to understand what hospitality looks like. But that's a high standard to have to live uh, up to. If, if, if all we're doing is hospitality, according to uh, uh, Edith, and, and kind of where she was able to do it all the time, like, we're, none of us are going to be able to live up to that standard, right? But I'm sure if she was here, she would say, like, well, maybe I, I won't speak for her, but I, I would hope that she would say, like, it doesn't have to be exactly that way. I mean, it can be much more down to earth and, and just kind of spontaneous, kind of like, you know, what Rosaria does in her home. I mean, she's not... Even how she does it is not exactly how it may show up at Labrie. So we can't use that as like our only standard, right? So I appreciate what you said about that, too. That's helpful. Good. Dale? I was thinking also our culture sort of goes against a biblical model of hmm. First of all, we're goal-oriented. We're not people-oriented. Yeah. And that really shows up when we live in a different culture where there's people-oriented. That's why they're like... Yeah. Because people are more important than the goal. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me let me rephrase that because I don't want to lose it real quick. The the I'll come back to you. The the, um, the the comment that you made is that you know the biblical model of hospitality kind of goes up against the cultural mindset of you know being so goal oriented and effective and productive and as opposed to um, being people oriented and people driven, relationship driven, and and we lose something when we focus on the event versus the people. Yeah, that's really good. That's helpful. You were going to say something else, too. Another thing I noticed is that we're very much appointment-oriented. Uh-huh. We invite people to our home. Yeah. We don't have people dropping in. Yeah, yeah. And in other cultures, it's just automatic that people just walk in the door. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So the other thing he was mentioning... Another thing that's quite different in our culture. Yep, yep. How do we deal with that? Yeah. 
So another challenge Dale's pointing out, and just the difference between the cult, our culture today and even other worldly cultures, but certainly biblical culture too, first century, um, that we tend to be very time-oriented. And so appointments and, and uh, setting up a time for somebody to come over versus having uh, our home open for the people to come. And a lot of that has to do with how we live, where we live, the context of where we live. Um, and, you know, I want to be careful because I don't want to, and I know you're not saying this, I, you know, we live by appointments in this town. I mean, that's just a lot of, and that's not, I don't think it's wrong in and of itself, but I do think it's helpful for us to acknowledge that it's easy for us to overdo it that way and to treat people as an appointment versus as a friendship or as a relationship. Um, Strangers into neighbors, neighbors into the family of God, to use Rosaria's, um, you know, words. that's relational. It's not... You know, on Tuesday at 3 o'clock, we'll have this meeting. And then next week at 3 o'clock, we'll do this meeting. Um, so I think even though we, won't, we don't want to say that, you know, being appointment, having appointments and that kind of thing is a wrong way to live life. I think it is we have to be careful that we're not overdoing it in that way. And we're not um, open to how God might change our appointments. <laughs> he might change how we're doing things. Good. Good. Other challenges, particularly in our homes, Liz? No more than two adults living at home and often both of them working full time. Yep. Versus a, 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 like generations of a family or multiple people in a home. And you can't stop by when there are like two half hour periods of time when it wouldn't be a huge inconvenience and you don't know what they are. Like in, in right. a family stay. Yeah. And I, I don't know, when I was a student at English degree, I went and stayed with a family for a little while between terms. And an older couple, they were empty nesters. They had two other adults just living with them. And then me, I was a friend of one of them. And then while I was there, an old friend of theirs who was an alcoholic who had really fallen off the bandwagon showed up, like, trying to sober up. I think he was homeless. I don't know. He showed up a mess. And the first night they made him sleep in the car. They said, like, you can sleep in our car. (laughs) They locked him out of the house because he was still drunk. And then for the next few days, he was living with us while they were trying to get into the program. And that absolutely, they were, they took him in, they fed him, they loved him, they would not let him stay in the house without an adult there. You know, they right, they had the boundaries, house, yeah. But there were five adults there. Yeah. <laughs> it worked in, in a way that I couldn't do now. Almost no one in this room yeah. could do now. And so it's something that Christine Paul talked about in the mm-hmm. book. And I'm not saying therefore we should all sell our houses and buy bigger ones and then all. Live together. <laughs> that structure of our system is a challenge. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just I want to make sure everybody, you know, we get it on the recording. I mean, Liz was just pointing, putting her finger on another challenge we have in our particular culture that isn't part of our homes is that, you know, we tend to be very uh, single family oriented in our homes. So you have two adults or, or one adult and, you know, some kids or, or by a single. And that's very different than how things worked in the first century and certainly how even Rosaria lives, you know, her life and then your experience that you had at the English library. And um, it's not to say that we all have to completely change what we're doing, like you said, but it does, it is a challenge we have to face. And so we have to figure out how do we, how do we address that challenge, right? And even can we be open to possible changes? Yeah, yeah. 
Good. Got your hand up? Good. Um, I think you like touching on like the difference between like participation in hospitality and facilitation in hospitality. Mm. Where it's like we can't all invite everyone over for a big meal every night or no one's gonna be there and we're all gonna have a ton of food. You know, and no one's gonna eat anything. Right. It's like how can our participation with the hospitality of others like be a means to facilitate that for Fantastic. So Seth was putting his finger on the fact that, um, you know, there's a difference between participating and facilitating, and we need to be thinking about both, right? That some of it may be what we're inviting people into our homes to, to be a part of, but some of it may be us, work, you know, working alongside of other people to be hospitable in other circumstances. I mean, in some degree, that's what the Family Promise and Inter- Interfaith Hospitality Network is designed to do, is to say, come together um, you know, here's maybe a church that can't facilitate it do their own place, but here's one that could, but they need help. So now you come together and do it together, right? So that's, that's I think, a really helpful thing for us to be thinking about as we think about challenges is that, um, yes, there are challenges we have in our individual homes, but there's also a, a wider scope of how it can be impacted and how it can be uh, implemented in terms uh, of, our, of our context. Good. Aaron? Uh, we've been mentioning like different ways that it can, that hospitality can look like right now. Yep. Well, right, maybe I can go some example from my life. Sure. So uh, a couple of months ago, my a good friend of mine from high school, she uh, wanted me to hang out with her brother, who really doesn't have a lot of friends, and he had this bad history of doing uh, wrong things. Uh, but she asked me one simple request: watch anime. And I thought, like, okay, that sounds pretty simple. Uh, and ever since then, we've been watching Saturday morning cartoons, and we've just become really good buddies. And I just love how simple it was. I didn't need to go out of my way carrying this huge meal. Yeah, pizza. But, but all we're doing is we're sitting in my basement, we're eating pizza, and we're watching TV. Yeah. We don't need to go to great lengths. We don't need to do something extravagant. We can do simple stuff. Yeah. That's how I made a really good friend. Yeah, boy, that's so helpful, Aaron. I appreciate you being willing to share that story for us. And, and so Aaron was sharing a story of just a very simple way unexpected way where somebody asked for some help and you kind of were able to do something very simple, very uh, low-key, and it's turned into a way of really being helpful to um, a number of people. And, 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 and not extravagant, not, you know, there's not a lot of prep involved necessarily. Um, I, I think that's, a, that's part of that mindset is part of what we've been trying to get at over the course of the, the class is to say, um, let's not so much think of hospitality as an event that has to be prepared for and scheduled and, um, and then may go awry for all kinds of different reasons. Um, but let's think of it more in terms of, uh, of a lifestyle that we just, how we are reflecting on the culture at general and people that are in our lives and the people that the Lord brings into our lives, right? Um, we're at the end of the time for today, but um, we're going to continue the conversation for half the class, ne- uh, a little less than that next week as we finish up um, our Sunday school quarter. Um, I will tell you that um, Helen and I are working on something for the summer. Um, so the conversation is going to continue uh, throughout the summer. Um, details are still being worked out, so I'm not going to give you any of those yet. Um, Helen 
Helen got really nervous right there. She heard me say that because we're working on details still. So, um, but just to kind of have that on your radar is that um, you're thinking, wow, we talked a lot about challenges last week and a lot of challenges this week, but like, where are all the answers? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't think there are a lot of easy answers. Uh, that's not the goal necessarily, but to just kind of answer all the, the challenges. Um, but we need to be talking about them, and that's going to happen throughout the summer as well. Um, I will say this um, as one application that I think goes across the board for all of us um, as it relates to church, as it relates to families, um, as it relates to us as individuals. We've already talked about this early in the class, um, but I just keep coming back to about my own life, uh, my own family, and I think for us as well. um, Are we willing to make some changes to create space and margin in our lives? to just allow God to be at work to provide people for us to be hospitable to? Um, that's a huge question. It's a costly question. Because it could cost pulling back from something you're involved in. It could cost, could cost money, perhaps. I don't know. Um, it could cost a move. I, I, who knows where all, the Lord takes all that, right? But... Um, that's just a question that I think we need to wrestle with as individuals, as families, as a church. Um, are we willing to um, create intentional margin and space in our lives so that we have the ability and the, the space and the time to be able to move toward a need when the Lord brings it to us as we're walking down a path and somebody that we wouldn't be expected to help is there in need of help? Luke chapter 10. Are we willing to give up You know, we have the space so that we can go toward them. So that's just something for us to be thinking about, um, uh, again, long term. Um, Keep processing, keep thinking, keep digging into the scriptures. Um, Thank you for sharing good stories, uh, challenges, as well as, I think, uh, positive things as well. And let's keep that conversation going. So let me close with some prayer and then uh, we'll transition to the second service. Father, we, uh, we come before you and, and uh, today and last week as we talk about all these challenges, it's easy to become discouraged. Um, but I pray, Father, rather than discouraging us, we would be encouraged by just the ways that you're at work in our lives. And I pray that you would help us through this class, through the time that we've spent looking in your word and through great servants like uh, Christine and Rosaria that have helped us to kind of process through what hospitality looks like, biblically speaking. I pray you would spur us on um, to be people that, recognizing whatever season of life you have us in at this particular moment, that we would be open to being hospitable and always being hospitable no matter what season we're in. So I pray, Father, you give us wisdom as we discern our own situations, as we think about what it looks like for us as a church to do this. And I pray that as we do that, that you would cause us to have courage where we need to have courage to make changes, um, that you would give us uh, creativity, and that you would give us uh, the means that we need in order to make those changes. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.